day, we thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. We thank you that the word that will be taught tonight, God, that we will hear the word for ourselves, God, that your Holy Spirit will teach us what we will need to see in and of ourselves so that we can become more like you. We thank you that right now in the name of Jesus, that everything that that's in your word that we are through the Holy Spirit capable of producing. We thank you that we have a servant's heart, Father, and that we thank, thank you that we understand the depth, the breadth, the height, and the depth of your love, God. We thank you that because we understand that, that the fullness of who you are can be manifested in our lives. And so, Father, we thank you that tonight we will become the word. And it, it will grow into our lives and produce fruit so that others may see it and run to us because in essence, we are representing who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so remember to like, broadcast, share it on your timeline, your story, and the groups you have permission. So let's dive in tonight, guys. Tonight, we're talking about the ministry of helps. And we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28. And let me, and I'm just going to read it to you. And it says, and God has set some, some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. And so many times we talk about the fivefold ministry, we talk about healings and miracles and things like that. But, but many times the ministry of helps is one that's often overlooked. But you got to understand the ministry of helps, you'll soon come to find out, is in, in its essence what gives the church the ability to grow, gives the church the ability to produce, gives the church the ability to become what God has called it to become. So without the ministry of helps, then a lot of things wouldn't move forward. And so you can see when in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 28, it's all in there together. He gave apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, and helps. All right. So helps. So being a part of the ministry of help, it is a calling, just like you're called to be an apostle. You're called to be a pastor. You're called for some with gifts of healing. Being in the ministry of helps, it is a gift. It is a calling. It is not something that's lower than anything else. Uh, it is a in what, what I've typed here. It's a valid ministry. All right. It is a valid calling and it is essential to the effectiveness of the church. I'll say that again. Being a part of the ministry of helps is a calling. It's a valid ministry. It's a valid calling. And it is absolutely essential to the effectiveness of the church. So FOC wouldn't even be where it is today without the ministry of helps. The ministry of helps is valid. The ministry of helps uh, is a ministry. It is a gift. It is a calling. It is something that God has commanded us to do. And so when we begin to operate in that, you'll soon find out that the whole church, the whole kingdom has the ability to grow when all of us in the ministry of health begin to operate in the areas that God has called us to operate in. And so if we go over the Acts 6, you'll find where the 12 apostles were teaching the word of God. And they were, they were handling a situation because if you guys know anything about ministry, Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean, they can't do it all, right? There's no way they're capable, capable of doing it, all, doing it all. So in Acts, the 12 apostles found themselves teaching the word of God, but they also found themselves needing to resolve a situation. Uh, they needed a solution. 
And so let's read really quickly Acts 6, verses 1 through 8. I want to be able to, I don't want to summarize this. I want to read it for you because I want you to see what was occurring, then what took place and how everything played out because everybody decided to operate in their calling, because everybody decided to operate in their gifting, because everybody realized that what I do matter. All right. What I do matter. So in Acts 6, verses 1, Wait, it says this during those days, the number of Jesus' followers kept multiplying greatly. But a complaint was brought against those who spoke Aramaic by the Greek speaking Jews, who felt their widows were being overlooked during the daily distribution of food. The 12 apostles called a meeting of all the believers and told them, It is not advantageous for us to be pulled away from the word of God to wait on tables. Listen to what they said. They said, hey, look, it's not that this isn't important. It's not advantageous to, to us. It's not advantageous for our men and women of God to have to also be the ones that are greeting people when they come in. That is take, they're taking care of Victory Zone. They're taking care of Ignite. They're having to manage everything in the finances. They're also having to set up choir practices and they're having to oversee the widows of the church. It, they said it wasn't advantageous. Not that it wasn't important, but it, it, it took away from their ability to teach the word of God. All right. And so you'll find in verse three, if we pick up, it says, we want you to carefully select from among yourselves seven godly men. Make sure they are honorable, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And we will give them the responsibility of this crucial ministry and serving. What did they say about this ministry? It was crucial, right? Crucial, that word crucial means important, essential, all right? Needed for survival. That will enable us to give our full attention to prayer and to preaching the word of God. They said we needed this so that we can do what God has called us to do. I want my man, I want my woman of God, I want the leaders of the ministry to be able to hear God concerning what's going to be taught. And in order for them, the 12 disciples to do that, they said, hey, we need help. And so in verse five, it says, uh, everyone in the church loved this idea. So they chose seven men. One of them was Stephen, who was known as a man full of faith and overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Along with him, they chose Philip, Procris, Nicanor, Tima, I'm going to mess his name up, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, who had converted to Judaism. All seven stood before the apostles who laid their hands on them and prayed for them, commissioning them to this ministry. All right, let's pay attention to verse seven. It says, God's word reigned supreme and kept spreading. The number of Jesus' followers in Jerusalem quickly grew and increased by the day. Even a great number of Jewish priests became believers and were obedient to the faith. How did the church grow and why did the minister, the ministries grow and the believers grow? You know how they grew? Because the 12 disciples were able to spend their time preaching the word of God, teaching the word of God, discipling people, and the seven people that, that they anointed though that was crucial to the ministry was able to feed those widows and solve the problems of the church to give them the ability to teach the word of God. So, so when you operate in the ministry of health, when you choose to operate in this calling, what you're saying to, I do, what you're saying that is that I choose 
to become a believer that wants to expand the ministry. I choose to become a believer that wants to expand the kingdom. I choose to play my role in making it all work. Why? Because everybody can be teachers. Everybody can be pastors. Everybody can be prophets. Everybody's not going to, to, to operate in the gifts of, of healing and miracles. But what we all can do is operate in the ministry of health and make it possible for every other aspect of the ministry to do their job in excellence. If your pastor had to go to everybody's house and he had to pray for everybody and she had to feed the home and she had to sing on the praise team and she had to do all the victory zone lessons and she had to do all of the things cleaning of the church how much time would they have to dedicate to hearing God concerning what should be taught in the ministry how much time would they have to dedicate on where God wants to take the ministry because of that they said we needed help and when we all operate and we're like the seven that were chosen and we do our job, then it makes everything else in the ministry run the way it's supposed to run. No, I mean, did, I mean, and when we talk about this, this servanthood, when we talk about this choice that we make to, to surrender to God to do whatever he calls us to do, this isn't something that, that's taken lightly. There, there, everything matters when God asks you to do it. It doesn't matter if he asks you to sweep. It doesn't matter if he asks you to run the cameras. He doesn't ask you if he, he, if he asks you to run the back end uh, of the videos that we do. It doesn't matter what God has asked you to do or what the pastor asks you to do. What's essential and what's crucial is that you choose to operate in the ministry of health. It says, when you understand what it means to be great, you will understand the importance of serving. I'll say that again. When you understand what it means to be great, you will embrace a servant's heart. Why? Because in order to be great, you got to have a servant's heart. Greatness and servitude, they go hand in hand. They're intertwined. You don't find greatness as defined by the kingdom of God without finding a servant. They don't, they're, they're, they, they all, it goes together. So, but where you find a person with a servant's heart, you will always, always find a person who is great. Now, will they may be great defined by the, uh, the earth? Maybe not, but they're going to be great in the kingdom of God. And sometimes you got to make a decision. What's more important to be determined to be deemed great by the world or to be deemed great by my God? Is it more important to be found wealthy in the world or to be found wealthy by my God? I got to choose today what I find to be more valuable because a lot of people don't surrender and don't serve in the ministry of health because it's not something that looks good. It's not something that gets the attention of everybody else. It's something that the world has kind of played down at times. But baby, what you got to understand is the ministry of health makes it all possible. The ministry of the health is the glue that holds it all together. Why? Because it's the function of the Holy Spirit operating within people to accomplish the will of God inside of the ministry. It is what gives Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean the ability to hear God and give us dynamic words Sunday after Sunday 
because they have the peace of knowing that they have people to serve throughout the ministry to get the job done. Not just people who are mediocre, but people who are excellent. Not just people who are average, but people who excel at what they're doing. Not people that are just there because they don't have anything to do, but people who have surrendered themselves to the ministry and understand the calling that God has on their life and understand that they have access to the Holy Spirit who will teach them all things, therefore giving them the ability to accomplish whatever FOC needs in this earth. Because when you operate in the ministry of helps and when you surrender to God, God will put on you his super to get done anything that's needed within this ministry. So, all right, so let's go to Matthew 20, verses 20 and 28, all right? So we're going to define, today we define people being great based, oh, yes, Today, we define people being great based off their accomplishments, right? In the world, when you see somebody that's great, you, you're like, oh, man, Bill Gates is great. Oh, man, Jeff Bezos is great. Oh, man, these people are great. You define greatness based off accomplishments. You define greatness based off the value that other people have placed on their lives. However, to be great in the kingdom is to be least in the kingdom. It is to serve in the kingdom. So I want to be great based off what my God has said. And when I become great based off what God has said, everything else will take care of itself. See, you, a lot of times we want positions that people see. We want people, we want our names to be in people's mouths. We want people to be talking about us. But that's not what makes you great, baby. What makes you great is your ability to choose to surrender to God to do whatever he has called you to do in this earth. And by obeying him, by serving him, he will make your name great. He will promote you. He will see you through. He will ensure that the promises that he, he has for you will be followed through because of your obedience to submit. All right. So Matthew, Matthew 20, verses 20 through 28. It says, it was about that time that the mother of Zebedee, brothers of the Zebedee brothers came with her two sons and knelt before Jesus with a request. It says, what do you want? Jesus asked them. She said, give your word that these two sons of mine will be awarded the highest places of honor in your kingdom. All right. One at your right hand and one at your left hand. Jesus responded, you have no idea what you're asking. And he said to James and John, are you capable of drinking the cup that I'm about to drink? Check it out. So you got the mother of the Zebedee brothers and she's coming to Jesus and say, hey, I got two boys. And I want my two boys, Jesus. I want one to sit on your left hand and I want one to sit on your right hand. In other words, she said, I want them to be great. That's what she wanted. I want people to know them. I want their names to be great. I want them to be remembered. She said, I want them to be awarded the highest places of honor in their kingdom, God. And Jesus said, you don't even know what you're asking for. And he said to James and John, are you capable of drinking the cup that I'm about to drink? And see, look what they said. They said, sure, why not? They responded and they didn't even know what they were responding to. They didn't even know what they, the essence of what they were asking for. All right. And in verse 23, Jesus said, come to think of it, you're going to drink of my cup. But as to award, awarding places of honor, that's not my business. My father is taking care of that. And man, that's a word in itself. He says, awarding places of honor, that's not my business. My father is taking care of, of that. 
And when I read that, again, as I was studying this, the Lord said, so many people got misplaced expectations. See, Zebedee's mother, and, and, and I mean, Zebedee brother's mother, and James and James and John, they wanted something. And what they wanted, they began to ask for from Jesus because they began to look at Jesus as the source of getting what they wanted. But Jesus told them, what you're desiring is not my business. That's the father's business. See, a lot of times you're looking for promotion. You're looking for confirmation. You're looking for your identity. You're looking to be confirmed, right? You're looking, looking for that, but you're looking for that in the wrong person. No person can give that to you. And then here's here's audacity that we have. We then get offended with them because they can't give us what we're looking for. It, but however, we got to understand it's our fault to put our expectations in someone who does not have the ability to give us what we need. It is our fault when we misplace our expectations by putting it into somebody that does not have the ability to give us what we need. That's why so many people get offended with pastors and preachers and apostles and leaders because you ain't going to them for their guidance. You're looking to them for God as God. They are not your God. God is God. And Jesus had to check them to say, whoa, 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 homie, the honor that you're looking for, that ain't for me. That came from the Father. The, the greatness that you're looking for, whoa, 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 that ain't coming from me. That's coming to the Father. I can't even give you something that I don't even have because that came from the Father. My incarnation, my ability to come down into the flesh, that came from the Father. Father. The fact that I was raised from the dead, that came from the Father. The Holy Spirit raised me up. You got to understand what you're looking for can't be found in me, but it's found in God. And, and so many times we find ourselves as humans, right, looking to people to give to us what only God has the ability to give to us. It says the promises of of God can only be brought to pass by God. Go ahead and type that. Say the promises of God can only be brought to pass by God. Your mama, your pastor, your, your cousins, all of it, none of them. The thing that God promised you can only be brought to pass by God. So my confidence, my faith, my awareness, my focus, my meditation must be on what God has said and not people. I can't now, God does use people to bless us. God does use people to do things. But my faith, my confidence, my reliance must be on God. If I want my name to be great, my focus got to be on God. If I want to be honored, my focus got to be on God. And so when God, because think about that. The promises of God can only be brought to pass by God, but he does use people to do it. When God made a promise to Abraham, he looked around and asked, what, what could I swear by to give Abraham this assurance? What can I swear by? And everything he looked by, looked at, he said, I made that. I can't swear by the sky. I made it. I can't swear by the animals. I made that. I can't swear by anything because I made that. So God swore by himself that he would do for Adam Abraham, what he said he would do. 
And so what we got to understand is this. Our assurance comes from God. And so why does this matter? Because God may ask you to be the custodian in the church. And you got to be assured to, of God that he'll do what he said to do. He'll do. God may ask you to move across the country to attend, a, to go to a certain church. And you got to trust God enough that he'll do what he said he was going to do. Because why? he said, I swear to God that I'll do it. He, you may be looking for a promotion a certain way and God may have you doing it another way. But you got to trust God enough that he'll do what he said he'll do. He says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you to prosper and give you an expected end. He says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. We got to trust God enough that if he asks us to go to this church, if he asks us to give into this ministry, if he asks us to give us our, of our time, that he knows what he is doing. Why? Because when we put our trust in God, he has sworn by himself that he will bring the promise to pass. So I can't trust anybody more than I trust God. I love my wife, but I got to love God. And so what we got to focus on and when we're talking about this ministry of health is that no matter the task that God has asked me to do, it's not minuscule because God asked me to do it. Anytime God asks you to do anything, it is a big deal. Say a lot on that. Whatever God has asked you to do, is a big deal. See, so many times we minimize the task. We minimize the position. We minimize uh, the, the leadership role. We minimize the, 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 the small beginning. And because we fail to do those things, then we can't walk into the greatness that God has for us. We can't walk into the greatness that God has for us. Let, let's keep going. Let's not get stuck there. It says, when the 10 others heard about this, all right, so let's let's recap. James and John, they want to be great. They want to be honored. They want to sit on the right hand and the left hand of Jesus. Jesus said, whoa, 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 you're coming to the wrong person. Look, the father makes that decision, right? And so the other disciples heard this and they mad. They're like, what audacity they got? They want to be sit on the left and the right. And Jesus interpreting that says this. He got them together. He said, all right, come on, huddle up. He said, you, you have observed how godless rulers throw their weight around, how quickly a little power goes to their heads. It's not going to be that way with you. In other, other words, it's not going to be that way in the kingdom. That's not how the kingdom works. Just because somebody anointed, somebody, the governor got power, that's not how in, in, in the de democracy, that's how it works. But in the theocracy, he's setting it up. This is how you're going to get power. This is how you're going to get authority. He says, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be great must become a servant. Whoever wants to be first must among you must be your slave. And in verse 28, he wraps it up by saying this. This is what the son of man has done. He came to serve and not to be served. And then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. So when I begin to operate in the ministry first, if I want to be great, if you want to be great, you've got to serve. Jesus said, I didn't even come to this earth. I didn't wrap myself in the flesh. And once I was in flesh, I didn't 
I chose to stay in flesh, not because of anything about me. He said, I came to do it to serve you. And I came to give you access to die so that I could give you access to salvation. Jesus said, I can't, I, Jesus was the first. He's like, I'm operating in the ministry of health. Jesus, God was like, what's, uh, here's a task. I need a sacrifice. Jesus said, incarnate me, God. Make my spirit flesh. I got this. I got this task. I can operate in the ministry of health. I can go down there and I can serve. And then not only will I serve the people, will I minister to the people, God, I will sacrifice my life and become the perfection, perfect sacrifice so they may have uh, access to life and life more abundantly. So they may have access to eternal life. So they may have access to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, God, I got that. That's my task. Sign me up. But how many times do you find yourself in the ministry talking about, yeah, yeah, I heard Pastor Elvis said we needed somebody in the parking lot. Yeah, that's my task. Sign me up. Sign me up. I'm anointed to get that done. Oh, oh, you need people in Victory Zone? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, wouldn't it be great if Pastor Elvis and Pastor Sean said, whoa, I need to stop the volunteers. We're shading it down. We got more people than we ever could need to serve the need in this ministry right now. Why? Because you, everybody's like, yeah, that's my task. Because anything that this ministry needs through the Holy Spirit, I have an anointing to become. Now, we're not asking everybody to serve in children, children's church, right? We're not asking everybody to be in a parking lot ministry. God has given everybody skill sets, but you got to understand that if the ministry needed and you had a willing, needed it and you had a willing heart to do it, then the Holy Spirit would anoint you to get it done. That's what I know. And I don't know that from, 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 from reading a Bible. I know that from truth because over 20 years, Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean have said they may have needed something. And I've seen people say who had zero skill in that area say, I'll be willing to do it. And the Holy Spirit teach them how to do it. I remember sitting in the office with Terrence and Pastor Edwin wanted a website. Terrence ain't never built no website. That brother taught himself how to read HTML code. He taught himself how to read C++. He taught himself how to do all them things. Why? Because in fulfilling the ministry, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And now you will have a tangible skill, a tangible knowledge, a tangible intelligence that you can take over into the workforce and make money on it. Why? Because nothing God is asking you to do whatever calls you to invest time without reward. That is not how God works. He would never ask you to give of anything and not be setting you up for what? Greatness. Why? Because that's what the word said. He says, whoever wants to be great must become a servant. So every time I choose to serve is me embracing my greatness. Every time I choose to serve, I'm embracing my greatness. I am fulfilling both kingdom purpose, per personal purpose, and the, the vision and ministry of Fellowship of Champions. All right. So let's keep going. What is the meaning of this word health? All right. This And, a, and here's an, uh, an acronym for you. Help means having enough people to serve, having enough loving people to serve having enough loving people to serve that's what the help that's what help is having enough loving people to serve because uh i must have skipped that i might have yeah i got a whole page of notes i'm like that ain't oh it printed front and back all right i'm like i thought i talked about that 
No wonder. It, <laughs> so let me let me back up because I got to make this uh, point. The L, having enough loving people to serve. The ministry of helps cause an increase in the word of God and cause the number of disciples to be multiplied. How did it do that? Because people chose to operate in love. So I got to back up because I, I, when I was going through, I forget, I left it out. Uh, at FOC, we believe this. Every position counts. Every person matters. At FOC, we believe this. Every position counts. Every person matters. All right. And I'm going to get back to the help. Okay. Having you guys right, having enough loving people to serve. But before I can get to the love that the loving part, I got to back up real quick to, to go over this. At FOC, we believe every position counts and every person matters. There is no, and I was talking about this already, there is no insignificant task. There is no insignificant task because that they are all intertwined to FOC being effective and fulfilling its commandment to teach people how to walk in love, how to live by faith and experience God's prosperity in every area of life. All right. We got to understand that the ministry of help is fueled by love. The ministry of help is fueled by love. Love is the motivating factor. Uh, in 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love because he first loved. And it goes right along with 2 Corinthians where Christ said, hey, look, I came to serve and not be served. I came to be a sacrifice. Why did he do that? Because he loved us. Love is what fueled God to wrap his son in flesh and send the earth not to be served, but to serve others as a ransom. And so as we talking about the ministry of help, having enough what? Loving people, people who understand that Christ came because he loved me. Christ sacrificed because he loved me. Christ served and ministered because he loved me. Christ left the comfort of perfection and utopia in heaven because he loved me. So there's no task that's insignificant. Why? Because when I love God, there's nothing insignificant about anything that he asked me to do because it all is based off of love. Love is a motivating factor in which what causes me to do and become everything that God has for me. All right. So the ministry of help is fueled by a desire to express God's love in the earth through practical application. When we're talking about the ministry of help, we're talking about the ministry of help is God's love in the earth expressed through practical applications. What kind of applications? Serving in Victory Zone, cleaning up the church, being an usher, singing on a praise team, going, calling people, being on a prayer team, calling people, checking on them, texting people. I mean, picking up a piece of trash, coming up with ideas on how to make the ministry better. I mean, all of those are ministries of help. Why? Because anytime you're doing something effectively to increase the kingdom, you're operating in the ministry of helps. But what is the ministry of helps not? So the ministry of help is not insignificant. It is not It is not something that is uh, insignificant or it is not something that's jealous because you don't operate in ministry of helps and be jealous of the pastor. I love what Pastor Evan does and Pastor Sean does, but 
unless God calls me to do that, my desire is to do what I'm doing right now. And my desire changes when God tells me to desire, desire something different. So what we have to understand is we have to allow God to be, lead us into what we desire and not be jealous over a role or something like that inside the ministry. Why? Because that is not the loving people to serve. That's not the loving part of the health ministry. All right. That's not the loving part of that. So we got to understand that the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with a heart to serve. So now we're back. What is the help? What is helps having enough loving people to serve and honor and authority is reserved for those who have a heart to serve. If I want to be a person who is honorable, if I want to be a person who has authority. I got to be willing to be a person who serves a lot of you. And I'll make this practical for you on your job. You ain't having raises and things like that because you're not a servant. You're not excellent. And, and Pastor, we ain't talk about this, taught about this in a long time. But Pastor Aaron taught series. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was called the Spirit of Excellence. But when you are a servant, we just don't serve with a poor attitude. We don't serve grievously. We don't serve with murmuring and complaining. We serve with excellence. So if I'm going to be in victory zone, I'm going to be there on time. If I'm going to be on us ushering this Sunday, I'm going to be there on time. If I'm going to be in the parking lot, I'm going to be there on time. Why? Because one of the easiest ways to show excellence is to be on time. All right. So, but we got to understand though, that honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. So having enough loving people to serve is important and the helps me, that's what helps me, but where are the people to serve? All right. We what and what does that word mean when we're talking about servitude, when we're talking about helping? What are we talking about there? That word there means to minister. All right. To serve means to, to minister. All right. It, it means to, to, <clears throat> to surrender your life. It means to assist, to aid. Right. That's what it means when I'm one who serves in the ministry. All right. So I'm sorry. Let me get a drink. So we got to also understand that operating in the health ministry is something that comes by choice. Uh, in 20 years, you see a lot of people come and go. You see a lot happen uh, in the ministry. And the thing that you got to understand about the health ministry is that the health ministry is one of those things that you choose to participate in by choice. It isn't going to be something that anybody makes you do. It isn't something that somebody forces you to do, right? When, when Christ made the choice to die for us, it was exactly that, a choice. Remember I just said, it was like, okay, God, that's the task at hand. I choose that task. Incarnate me. Put me in flesh. I got you. He wasn't forced to do that. And we're not forced to serve. So if you're going to operate in the helps ministry, it is going to be something you got to choose to do. But you're not going to choose to do that if you don't understand love, right? You're not going to choose to do that if you don't understand the greatness and the honor and the authority that comes to those that serve. You're not going to choose to do that because you see servanthood, you see doing that as something that's taking away. Only because you're ignorant of the fact that in the kingdom, sweetheart, when you have a heart to serve, that's when you become great. When you have a heart to... I, listen, pastor, let me, let me just help you. You got a pastor you got pastors that that they're when I first came to the ministry, 
Pastor Edwin was setting up chairs every Sunday. Every Sunday he was setting up chairs. Then he would go back to his office, clean up, put on different clothes, come out, probably do confessions if my passion didn't do it, and then preach the word. Why? Because he came to serve. But why in the world would, would anybody want their pastor to be dry, getting up at, at six in the morning to come set up chairs, getting sweaty, tired, and exhausted, got to run back to an office and change clothes and get dressed and tidy up to wrap up his notes to find any do any final touches that God tells him to talk about doing a message today, then come out, then have to do confessions, and then sit back down, let the praise team get up, and then teach the word. That is exhausting. But let me tell you the character of the man and woman of God that we have. Every Sunday, they committed to do it. For years, they were setting up chairs at McNair. We were setting up chairs at the hotel. Why? Because they exemplify what it means to be to serve. They exemplify what it means. And, and God's going to make them great whether we assist them or not. Why? Because they have committed their lives to God. They don't trust man to make them great. They trust God because when God said, I needed an FOC in the earth, Pap Edwin and Sean said, that's my task. I got it. And when they took it, that heart to serve will cause them to increase. And what I'm telling you is this, if we want FOC to be great, if you want whatever church you go to to be great, if it's not FOC, you got to understand it. You got to get plugged in and do your part. And that faithfulness in the helps ministry comes by choice. Think about it. When Elisha ministered to Elijah, uh, Elijah had Elisha had to make the decision to minister. Elijah three different times tried to get, before he died tried to get Elisha to uh, to go away. He said Elijah told him, "I beg you just to stay right here. I beg you I, to stay right here." And Elisha was like, "No, as long as I live, I refuse to abandon you." And see, that's what it means to serve. Because Elisha knew that what God has called him to do. And Elijah knew his connection to the man of God. Elisha knew what the task was. And when you're committed to the task, even the, like Pastor Edwin couldn't kick me out of FOC. Why? Because I know this is where God is called. Well, I guess technically he could, but I still listen to the messages. I still be committed to do what God has called me to do because this is where God has called me to do it, right? When you're so committed, your family can't talk you out of serving. You know how many times people talked about, well, I know that I talked about my family because what you doing driving to Fayetteville? What, what you doing spending all that time? I mean, you, you know Pastor Edwin, a man just like you a man, and, and, and I get that, right? But what you got to understand about the ministry that helps, what you got to understand about owning your task, what you got to understand about all of this is this. It ain't about what nobody thinks but God. Until God gives you a different assignment, that's your assignment. Well, I don't hear God yet. What was the last thing he told you? FOC was your home? Well, guess what? You don't need to leave. Why? Because you do whatever God has told you to do until he tells you to do something different. And so what Elisha said, what told Elijah was like, I hear you, man of God. I hear what you're saying, but uh, this is what I've been called to do, and this is what I'm going to do. And what happened in the end, Elijah 
told Elijah in verse 10. In verse 10 of 1 Kings, it says this, what you have requested of me is challenging. So Elisha had just requested, because Elijah was like, okay, Elijah, Elisha, I'm about to die. What do you want? And Elisha told Elijah, I want a double portion of your anointing. In verse 10, Elijah says, you asked me something that's challenging, right? But he says, but if it will be done, it will be done if you witness my departure. Now let's hold up there, pump the brakes. Now, in the first three scriptures, I mean, for earlier in the chapter, Elijah was telling Elisha to stay right here. And Elisha refused to stay there. He says, no, I will not abandon you. Now look what happens in verse 10. He says, what you asking me is challenging. And it will, it will be done if you witness my departure. But if you do not watch it, then you will not have your double portion. How many of us have forfeited the anointing, have forfeited miracles, have forfeited blessings because we weren't willing to be like Elisha and say, I refuse to abandon my task. I refuse to abandon my task. I know God, you called me to clean the church. I'm gonna clean the church. I don't feel like cleaning the church, but I'm gonna clean the church. I refuse to abandon my task. I know I don't feel like praying, but you called me to pray, God. I refuse to abandon my task. I don't feel like witnessing the people, God, but you have called me to evangelize. I refuse to abandon my task. I don't feel like giving, but you've called me to be a beneficial, a benefactor for the kingdom of God. So I refuse to abandon my task. And just like Elisha, when we Elisha, when we refuse to abandon our task, we have the ability to witness it. And then that witnessing we receive. In other words, don't quit, don't cower. Don't cave in. And you got to understand that even 50 other disciples were telling Elisha, they was like, don't you know your man of God? Don't you know Elijah going to die today? And Elisha was like, I don't care. Wherever he die, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm going to be there when it occurs. And so the question is, what if Elijah hadn't had give, gave in and not went? Will we be reading about his double anointing? What if he would have listened to other disciples that said, you can just stay here? What if he had listened to his families and his friends and other people talking about, it don't take all that? Because you know that? It, it, it doesn't take all that. What, had, what if Elisha had said, it didn't take all that? I don't feel like going to the next city. I, I'm just going to listen to my mama. I'm going to listen to my husband. I'm going to listen to my friend, my, my wife. I'm going to listen to my, my, my kids. I'm going to listen to the job. I'm going to listen to the economy. I'm going to listen to this. When God has told you not to abandon your task. What if he had just gotten tired and said, I'm a man just like he's a man? What if he would have, would, would, would have just taken the anointing that was on Elijah's life and dummied it down and watered it down to say, you know what? Pastor Aaron and Pastor Sean, just like me. And they are just like you, but they are man and woman of God. So they're not just like you. Why? Because God has put them to be leaders over our life. So many times we listen to people who ain't, ain't even got what we want. 
They ain't got what we want. They don't even know what's required to get it. But you out here listening to them. So we have to choose what God has instructed him to instructed us to do. And then when we choose to do that, that's when we walk into our best life. That's when you walk into honor. That's when you walk into authority. And that's when you're when you are made great, right? Man, that's so good to me. I love servanthood. And the thing that you can't talk me, you can't talk me out of tithing. If you ain't listened to the tithing over the last three weeks, go back and listen to it. But you can't talk me out of serving. Because what I know is this, there are some things that have happened in my life and they have happened in my life because I've committed to this ministry. Me and April was talking the other day um, just about college and stuff like that. And I was, we was, oh, we was talking about, I uh, was watching the show and somebody got hurt playing football. And, and and everything and uh and i was talking about my injury when i got hurt playing football and i was like dude i should just sit out the season and then i was like man if i sit out that season and came back and played football i was pretty decent i could have got a scholarship to a d2 school pretty easily that would have been very difficult for me but i was like man god could have still lined everything else up but i was like uh-uh, I wouldn't change a domino right now because if I not had not got the FOC, if all the things didn't happen the way that they happened, I may not be where I'm at today now. Why? Because what we got to understand is, is that when you are connected to a ministry, you can't allow things to get in your way. You can't allow people to get in your way. Why? Because some, it does take all of that. It does take all of that. It does have, it does require me to operate and, and loving uh, people. But when I love people, I don't let people interfere with what God has called me to do. It takes all of that to serve in ministry. It takes all of that for FOC to work. It takes all of that for me to grow up and become. It takes all of that. And what we got to understand is that your connection to the ministry matters. It matters greatly. And so I say all that to say, do you want to grow up learn how to serve you want to mature learn how to serve you 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 want you want to be great learn how to serve i mean it takes all of that i i i remember when i first came to the church i observed a need you know what that need was we ate cookies and stuff at lunch and somebody needed to clean up so i just cleaned up i swear didn't nobody ask see so many times we think it got to be this Holy Ghost. Somebody slap you. You get a whisper in the ear. All of that. Listen, it don't. It's not all of that. Look, you got eyes. You see the toilet paper is needed in the bathroom. You go get a roll of toilet paper and you go put it in the bathroom. You don't need permission from the pastors or the elders to solve that need. That is a ministry of help. You saw a need. You fulfilled it. It. It doesn't take Holy Ghost telling you to get toilet paper. Sometimes you're just so dang on spiritual. It, I mean, you, you you make yourself a no effect because you're always listening to God to do something. God gave you eyes. You saw that paper on the floor. Pick it up. That's ministry of health. All right. God gave you eyes. The kids were out of they threw a kid through there was trash on the floor because the kids ate snacks outside you picked it up and put it in the trash that was a ministry of health all right let, let, i'm trying to help somebody because look when you start out though going back to those chairs of pastor edwin 
when he was putting those chairs out, I would come and I would help him put those chairs out. Other guys would help him put that chairs out. And, and, and I told him, Dad, you don't got to put the chairs out. I'll do it. But And at that point, he wasn't Dad. He was just Pastor Edwin. It wasn't even Dad then. It was just Pastor He's like, I got it. But what out what he but he didn't trust us. And, and and over time me and him developed a relationship, but he had an issue with trusting people. But he, he's over that and 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 but he also wanted to make sure that we we're going to do it with excellence. And so, and I, the reason I'm taking the time to pull this caveat and talk about this, because at, in, a, in FOC, we're not just about ministry of health, but we want people serving with excellence. So every Sunday, people, men would show up. And then we'll have men to show up for two Sundays and they'll quit. We'll have men to show up for eight Sundays and they'll quit. We'll have men to start coming late. But Pastor Ed was looking for, he was looking for somebody that was going to show up on time. Somebody that would beat him. And I remember we started getting the guys together and we were like, hey, let's get there and get things set up before Pastor Edwin. And I remember the first time we came, he came and everything was set up and his mind was blown. Why? Because for the first time, he felt like he felt like they did over in Acts. He felt like he had the ability to minister the word and that he had uh, seven guys that would go set up the church so he didn't have to. Why? Because it freed him to minister the word. And the ministry of helps, that's what that's the purpose of it. It's to perfect and to mature saints, right? It's to help grow people up. The ministry of helps is a supernatural ministry. <laughs> He passed there and almost cried. I'm telling you guys, it sometimes we make ministry all about the pulpit per se. And it is about that. But but Pastor Evan can't preach to nobody if it wasn't chairs out there. And because we ain't in Africa, and most of y'all would be too tired to stand up for two hours for church. You'll be murmuring, complaining, talking about your kids running around if there wasn't any victory zone workers. And then if there weren't any snacks. And so then you'll be talking about, well, I didn't know where to park my car. There wasn't nobody out there in the parking lot to tell me where to park. You'll be complaining because there wasn't salt on the sidewalk when there was ice from the storm. That all requires people. But when we get out there and we all do that, then we make what the ministry helps. We make that things manifest. Why? Because ministry help is a supernatural ministry listed among things such as miracles and healings. Being in the ministry helps is not insignificant. All right, it's not insignificant. If you are helping anybody in the church in any way, you are operating in the ministry of health. All right, you're operating in the ministry of health. So, what is the purpose of the ministry of health? Once more, Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 12. It says, If you are helping anyone in the church or helping the weak and the needy, you are operating in the ministry of health. This ministry is just as valid, just as anointed as if God had asked you to be a teacher, a prophet, or an apostle. Hear me. Operating in the ministry of health is just as valid, just as anointed as if God asked you to be a teacher, a prophet. The fivefold ministry isn't any more anointed than anybody who operates in the ministry of health. The same Holy Ghost that the fivefold ministry have is the same Holy Ghost that the people in ministry of helps have. There is no difference. There is no difference. Because the pastor can preach an anointed sermon, but if people in the helps ministry are not doing their jobs, the visitors may not want to come back. Think about it. 
if Pastor Edwin and Pastor Sean or whoever ministering is ministering the word, but nobody's greeting visitors, they're like, ooh, that church didn't welcome me. Ooh, that church. I mean, think about if nobody gave offering or helped collect offering. Think about what it looks like, guys. Once again, ministry helps. Yes, that's the spiritual side. But the practical side is, I always say this, find a need and fulfill it. If you see a need, bring a solution. I tell my people on my job this all the time. You're not going to come pour, spill paint all over me talking about all the problems that we got. No, ma no ma'am, no sir. That ain't the way life works. If, if you see a problem, you can't just come to me talking about the problem. Then I want you to think about a solution so that we, when you come to us, me with this, that you have a solution to go along with the problem. All right. I love what Pastor uh, Evan put up. Ministry of Health is the first ministry you encounter in any ministry, right? Ministry of Health is the first ministry you encounter in any, in any ministry. So, but what we got to understand when it comes down to the Ministry of Health is this is that, yes, it may seem, the task may not seem important. But however, it's absolutely needed. The first person that anybody encounters is a greeter. That's the first person. It's spirit. I, love, I like what Tiffany Clay just said. Just the uh, minister of health is spiritual and practical. She's right. She's completely right. It's spiritual and it's practical. It's spiritual and it's practical. So. Who sets help in the, in the church? Who sets up the ministry of helps? That is done by the leaders of the church. All right. But what I'll tell you is this. And, I, and let me get personal here. Let me see what else I got on my notes to make sure I'm, I'm good. Because I want to tell you about FOC particularly. Let me tell you about your man, woman of God. Pastor Edwin is all about excellence. It's, he's about timeliness. He's about being able to trust you. And the way that you develop and earn his trust is not by using your mouth. He doesn't care about your words. Uh, we're not a church that's big on words per se. Now, of course, you got to tame your tongue. So I'm not talking about that. But instead of talking about what you're going to do, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do that. Uh, you, you say we need to minister across seas. Uh, okay, cool. Go ahead and make that happen then. What that look like? Why? Because that's what I was talking about a second ago. It's about solutions. It's about being a solution. It's about growing up. It's about maturing. And that's why the ministry of health is about maturing the body of Christ, because in the ministry of health, you are able to grow up. Why? Because the Holy, you're able to learn things that are needed in order for you to grow and mature. Sometimes God asks you to do stuff. And oh, I heard that. Some of y'all are not humble enough to do the things that God asks you to do. So you'll never be promoted or have authority or, or be honorable. Why? Because you ain't humble. Your pride got in the way. And because you feel like you too good to do this task, then you disqualify yourself from the goodness of God. So don't be a person who thinks you. there is no job too good for any person in this ministry to do. Why? Because every job is important. Every job is important. Every job is important. Every task is important. <laughs> Kendra Lamar told y'all to be humble. Every task is important. And so we got to understand that. Why? Because what do we believe at FOC? Every position counts and every person matters. Y'all go ahead and tap, type that. Every position counts and every person matters. 
every position counts and every pet person matters. All right. So let me real quick wrap up by giving y'all some examples of helps ministry. So as when we start meeting together again, whenever that's going to be, find yourself getting involved. Find yourself being committed. Find one easy way to, to, to do things is show up on time for church. That helps everybody, you know. I, Pastor Chris and the praise team love, they're going to worship God regardless, but they, it'd be great to worship God with the church fully packed as if it would be when people, when the end of service would, instead of people walking all in. So be excellent in that. Be excellent in showing up on time. Be be excellent by finding something to do. Victory Zone. Uh, uh, I keep saying Victory Zone because Victory Zone is a great place to start, right? Uh, if you like kids and stuff like that, don't be over there in Victory Zone if you're bitter. Get, ask God to remove that from you and you work through that before you come over there. Uh, parking lot, you know, prayer ministry. You can act, you can be like, hey, you know what? I know y'all need people on sermon share to, to be able to do that stuff in the background. Do that. If you got talents and skills in the natural, if you can design graphics, if you can make video editing, if you can, uh, if you're a counselor or, or, or a mental health person, you got those skills. The ministry needs those skills. Don't you think that God called you to FOC for a reason other than to sit and get the word? God doesn't call people to be parasites. And because God doesn't call us to be parasites, he wouldn't call us to this ministry only to be blessed by the word that is shared by this ministry. He will call us to this ministry to be blessed by the word, to be just like Jesus. That's why he'll call us to this ministry. He will call us to this ministry to serve and to also be to be uh blessed by the word he will call us to grow up right so only parasites come and want to be fed without ever giving back and what we don't have in foc we have we don't have parasites right in the foc we have partners in foc we have partners in FOC, we have partners. That means we're all working together to ensure that the vision and the vision, the mission of this church comes to pass. And when we talked that, when we, when we talked about the receiving the vision of the pastor, we talked how the vision comes to the pastor. But then when the vision, uh, I think as Apollos, when the vision came to him, it says the vision came to to, to me, but then we endeavored to go. Why? Because the vision comes to Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean, but then we endeavor to go. We all go out to make it a part. All right. Serving is a part of giving. That serving is a part of giving. So Moses, so examples of help ministry. Moses could no longer help the people individual. Moses said, God, I need you somebody, I need somebody to help us. And that's the great thing about this whole process and being in it from the beginning and realizing uh Pastor Edwin was doing everything. Uh, I remember it was several times. I remember that time we washed his feet. That was oh, that's a story. I can't tell you tonight, but that was funny. Uh, but I remember times when uh God was like, you're going to hold up. The man came up and we held up Pastor Edwin's elbows and we told him the work that you have to do, you won't ever do it alone again. You won't ever do it alone again. Why? Because you got us. And, and what is that us? It's the ministry of helps. It's everybody committed. Uh, everybody committed to 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 serve. And, 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 and what we got to realize is that Pastor Edwin, he's my friend. Pastor Edwin, he's my mentor. Pastor Edwin, 
uh, he, he's like my dad, but you know what Pastor Edwin is? He's my pastor. And no matter, and no other relationship, all right, is more important than that relationship of pastor because that relationship is a relationship that helps me always keep him in the place that he's supposed to be. And so many times you make your pastor familiar and when you make him familiar, you think, oh, it don't take all that. And then, uh, and then you, you just like, uh, I don't got to serve them. Why? Because you didn't keep people in their right place. And I'm just teaching you what I saw, man, over the years, when you don't keep the people in their right place. I can laugh with Pastor Edwin. I can do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he's my pastor. And I'm going to serve him until God tells me different. I'm going to serve Pastor Sean until God tells me different. Why? Because I, they are my Elijah and I'm Elisha. And I'm going to stay. And, and when they moved, I moved. Why? Because I understood what it means to be connected. And it didn't matter what people said. It didn't matter what family thought about uprooting and going somewhere. And, and I'm just telling you about, about my life and I'm just telling about other people's life because what I want you to hear is this. You gotta be so committed to what God has called you to do that you don't care what nobody else think about you. Yeah, this is about ministry health, but this is about so much more. You gotta be so committed to the task that you don't talk yourself out of it, that, that you are there to witness like Elisha witnessed Elijah being wrapped up and going into the heaven and receive that double anointing. You got to be so committed to this thing that you don't talk yourself out of getting what God has for you. Why? Because when you commit to this ministry, you're committing to God. When you commit to Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean, you're committing to God. When you commit to God, he said, those who serve me, I will make them great. Those who serve me, I can give authority to and I can honor. Why? Because when you begin to have a servant's heart, God will make you into the very thing that you have desired in your heart. But when you refuse to serve, whether that's through giving, whether it's through that, that's through time, whether that's through whatever, then what you're saying to God is, I'm too good to inherit the blessing that you have for me. I got me, God. That's what we say when we refuse to serve. I got me, God. I got me. I don't need to serve in this man. I got me. I can take care of myself because that's what I'm saying. But when I have a heart to serve, what I'm saying is, God, I understood that you swore by yourself that the promise that you gave Abraham, that you would bring it to pass. So I know the thoughts that you have towards me. I know that you want me to have an abundant life. I know you want all these things. And I know I want to be wealthy and I want to be, I want to have more than, than I have now. And I know I want this promotion on my job, God. And I know I want all these things, but why are you talking to me about serving in this part of the ministry? Why are you talking to me about this job at this, at this corporation as an entry level. Why are you talking to me about that, God? Why? Because any task that God has called you to, to operate in is not insignificant. He is trying to mature you and grow you up. Why? Because Pastor Sean talked about that mustard seed on Sunday, having a faith the side of the mustard seed. When you begin to serve in the ministry, you have faith in the God that I know where I'm at now, but I know he's going to grow me up. When you have faith in that, he's trying to mature you to support the weight of the glory that he desires to put on your life. But when you allow pride to interfere, you're saying to God that I'm, in, I'm 
I, I'm not mature enough, God. What you're saying to God is I can't handle meat, God. What you're saying to God is that I still need Similac. I need to still be on the breast milk because I can't handle what you really have for me yet because I can't process all of that, God. I'm not mature enough. That's what we say to God when we, when we refuse to take on the task that he desires for us to do for the fulfillment of the ministry in his kingdom. It just it shows a lack of maturity. But when you begin to do those things, my God, life grows up for you. And FOC and your life become better. And so that's it. That's that's it. That's it. Even Jesus, I mean, that's it. Jesus had help. And so as, as part of this ministry, be do this. Be a partner. Don't be a part of parasite. Be a partner. Don't be a parasite. Because when you don't do what you're called to do, the ministry suffers, right? If nobody cleaned the church, the ministry would suffer. If nobody did the victory zone lessons, the ministry would suffer. If nobody uh, did parking lot ministry, the ministry would suffer. If nobody prayed, Lord, the ministry would suffer. All right. When I refuse to do my part, it's an act of immaturity that signifies to God that I'm not ready to to hold the weight of the glory. And what happens is somebody else suffers. The other thing that happens when I uh, operate in a ministry of health, it frees my pastor to hear God clearly. I am so glad that I, I that I get to 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 help with teaching them in the ministry. I'm so glad that, that there are other ministers in the ministry. I'm so glad that Pastor Chris is pastor, worship pastor. I'm so glad that the ministry te- uh, vol- VZ volunteers are teaching lessons. I'm so, there, there's no competition because we're all needed. Why? Because there's no tasking significant. There's no competition. I don't, Pastor Ellen don't compete with Pastor Sean. Pastor Sean don't compete with Pastor Ellen. And, and, and Chris, Pastor Chris and I, we're not competing. Uh, no, Elder Valley, nobody's competing. Why? Because all of, we're all significant to bringing the vision to pass. So there's no competition. There's no jealousy, which goes back to why in the ministry of helps, you got to operate through love. Why? Because love doesn't keep count of wrongdoing. Love is not envious. Love is patient. Love is kind. Why? Because in order to operate in this thing and to serve in the ministry, you got, you have to operate in love. And that's why we're not tripping over a task. I mean, if, if I walk into church right now and the toilet clogged up and there's and poop in it and tissue. I'm not. I'm not too good to do that. And past everyone would do it. But why in the world would I let my man of God have to stop what he's doing to do that, right? And that's what servanthood looks like, man. That that's what it is. And I and I'm sorry I went over it, but I love it. I I, I love servant. I love talking about being a servant. I love talking about the heart of a servant because what you don't realize is that when you become a servant. And you'll be faithful as a servant. God will always reward you. There are rewards for those who choose to serve God. And you may think you're not qualified for the ministry of help, but God is the one who qualifies you. So no matter what God asks you to do, you're qualified. Why? Because the moment he asked you, he qualified you. I remember Pastor Evan and wanted a wall in the office. And it was me and I think said or somebody else. We ain't never built a wall in our life. We got on YouTube. We did this and we did things. And I was like, Lord, teach us. And we we literally nailed the board as we went in actual instruction. Why? Because when you're willing to take a risk in obeying God, he will give you what you need to get there. Elisha took a risk. 
he followed Elijah. He got a double pointed a portion of the anointing. When he took that cloak after Elijah was caught up and he hit that water, it divided. And everybody was like, whoa, he got what Elijah had. And here's the thing. You want the anointing? The anointing flows from the top to the bottom. So I get in this ministry. I serve. I complete the task that God has called me to complete. And you don't got to go looking for the anointing. It will find you because that is how God has set it up. So you guys be, yeah, yeah, nature, that yellow wall over there in Conway in that little office. So, man, I love you guys. Let me go with these. Uh, oh, we went over the announcements, but give. So if you want to give tonight, guys, th that's a give. That's a ministry. <laughs> that, that's another way that we serve God. We, we give. God is actually, we just talked three weeks over giving. So you know to give your tithe, which is 10%. You know to give your offering. Uh, you know that. Uh, if you go to FOC, you know that. If you watch lessons, you know that. And so, guys, be great this week. But even now, ask God. This week, I want you to ask God. God, you just didn't call me to FOC to hear great word. You called me to FOC to contribute. Where do you want me to contribute? How do you want me to contribute? Uh, and, and whatever God tells you to do, do that, Right? Now, it, it'll be things, and, and the way Pastor Edwin is wired, if you got an idea, run it by him, all right? Uh, run it by him and, 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 and see where it is. It may not line up with the vision today, but it doesn't mean that it's wrong, all right? But also, you may just say, where can I serve in the ministry? Where, where, where are people needed? And I know we're virtual right now, but we won't be virtual forever, and then you get plugged in, all right? So... I went over tonight. I want to apologize for that. Uh, and I, I thank you guys for those who hung in there. But guys, you guys be blessed. Know that there's great honor. There's great reward in being a servant. And when we serve in this ministry, when we commit ourselves to this, we are ensuring that the kingdom of God grows, that FOC grows, and that our man and woman of God can spend their time focusing on the word and hearing God to lead us all in the direction that he has for us to go. All right. Remember at FOC, remember what I told you, every position count, every person matters. So you guys be blessed. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Virtual partners. Okay. When you pray for us and join the broadcasting guild, that's ministry of helps too. You're, that's right. That's ministry of helps too. Anything you can do that promotes the ministry, promotes the kingdom, you're operating in a ministry of health. All right. So thank you guys so much. Every position counts. Every person matters. Be a partner. Don't be a parasite. And join have your teams join us tomorrow for Ignite. Uh, and then join us back at 630 uh, a.m. on Friday for prayer. All right. And guys, if you want to give, it's scrolling across the screen. You can give via Givelify, pushback, Tidly, or text to give by giving 833-969-0897. All right. You guys be blessed. I love you. Have a very good night. See you. If you're a teen, see you tomorrow. If you're not a teen, see you on Friday at 6.30 a.m.